I'll be reading from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. I invite you to hear God's word speaking to you this morning. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do a small thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink and to keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father's good pleasure is to give you the kingdom. Sell all your possessions, excuse me, sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we ask that you would remove any anxiety that we are feeling in this moment here and now. I pray, God, that you would speak into our very lives. Amen. During my years working at Residence Life in Seattle, at Seattle Pacific University, I was often on call which meant that I was not allowed to leave campus for days at a time, and I had to respond to any emergency that might come up. It could be a maintenance emergency, it could be a medical emergency, or a student in crisis. But beyond a shadow of a doubt, there was one call that I got the most. More than any other call, it was students having anxiety attacks. They happened all the time. It's no secret that we're seeing a steady rise of anxiety in America. One in five of Americans say they struggle with high feelings of anxiety. That's 40 million adults. And that rate is also growing in kids and teens, both with anxiety and depression. Anxiety is actually the most common form of mental illness in our country. Psychologically speaking, it affects more people than anything else. And it's not just having those feelings of fear or worry or panic, but anxiety can turn into anger 
or addiction, especially in men. Last year, the largest book retailer in the United States, Barnes & Noble, reported a 25% increase in the sales of books on anxiety. That 25% jump happened in one year. People are anxious today, maybe now so more than ever. But the truth about anxiety and fear and worry that they've always been a part of the human experience. Now, as most of you know, anxiety and depression, depression, they don't come with a little switch that you can just turn off whenever you don't want to feel anxiety or depression. And if you struggle with an anxiety disorder, it doesn't necessarily mean that you lack faith. There have been influential Christians throughout the history of the church who have struggled with anxiety and depression. In fact, if you read some of Martin Luther's earlier works, I think it's pretty clear that he struggled with anxiety early on in his ministry. He he describes this experience of serving communion in his church. And if you read it, you're like, holy smokes, Martin Luther was having a panic attack at the communion table. Later on in his life, historians say that Martin Luther certainly struggled with depression, especially after the passing of his 13-year-old daughter. Anxiety disorder doesn't always just go away when we want it to. Of course, God can heal people, but that is always up to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul famously talks about this thorn in his flesh. We don't know what the thorn in Paul's flesh was, but we do know that he prayed to God, Lord, please take this away. And what did God say? No. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Like the thorn in Paul's flesh, feelings of anxiety may never completely go away. But thanks to God, we don't have to be controlled by anxiety. We don't have to be ruled by anxiety. The choices that we make in our life don't have to be dictated by anxiety. What really matters is when those feelings of anxiety come. What will you do with them? And remember, when those feelings come, that Christ came to abolish fear. Which is why, in a world still filled with anxiety, the words of Christ are as relevant today as they ever have been when he says, do not worry. The word worry there actually literally means to be anxious. To be anxious or disproportionately concerned. Jesus says, do not worry. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. You have to remember, friends, in ancient Israel, Most of the people lived in poverty. 
the biggest point of anxiety for the life of folks at this place and time is food, clothes, shelter. In fact, for the most and the majority of human history, that has been the greatest point of anxiety. What are you going to eat tomorrow? What clothes do you have to wear for today? So Jesus addresses the greatest source of anxiety for the folks of that time and place. He says, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, and yet your heavenly Father provides, provides for them. How much more value are you than birds? Just before these verses, Jesus tells a parable about a rich man whose land produced an abundant crop. The harvest is so large that the rich man decides to himself that he's going to tear down his barns and build bigger ones. And the rich man says to himself, I have ample goods for many years. Now I can relax. I can eat, drink, and be merry. But God says to him, you fool, This very night, your life is being demanded of you, and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Jesus concludes the parable by saying, so it is with those who store up for themselves treasures on earth, but are not rich toward God. And that parable leads right into Jesus' teaching about worry and anxiety, which is why he says, therefore, at the very beginning of this teaching. Because greed and wealth and hoarding goods actually produces greater levels of anxiety. America is the richest nation in the history of the world. And we're the most anxious. A study found in 1999 that people who pursued money, looks, and status were far more likely to feel anxiety and depression. And yet Jesus reminds us, ravens don't produce or preserve their food, yet God still provides for them. And then he says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. Jesus first mentions food, a great point of anxiety for folks then. And then he talks about clothes. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. It doesn't matter. Which is why you may see me from time to time around town in my peacoat, sweatpants, and slippers, because, friends, it doesn't matter. A little bit to my wife. It matters a little bit to her. But God clothes the grass with lilies, and even Solomon's wardrobe doesn't compare. Solomon, his wealth was legendary. He was the wisest and the wealthiest of all the kings in all of Israel. And yet, even in his splendor, he's no match for the basic, beautiful simplicity of a lily. Of course, Jesus isn't telling us to be as careless as birds or flowers. You have to remember that he often teaches in hyperbole. He means don't allow yourself 
to be ruled with the anxiety of not having enough. Enough money, enough wealth, enough resources, enough time, enough for the future. Jesus is saying, have faith that God is going to take care of everything that you need. Absolutely, be smart, be a good steward, but do not be ruled by anxiety. Always remember that God is good and God will provide. But if we're being honest, the truth is, for most of us today, especially here in the United States, clothing and food is not our biggest point of anxiety. The range of worry today is vast. Job security, retirement, paying the mortgage, fixing up the house, problems at school, problems at work, relationships, climate change, pollution, shootings, natural, natural catastrophes. We're worried about the health and safety of our kids, maybe the health and safety of our aging parents that we have to take care of. A lot of us are worried about our own health, growing old, dying. What are you anxious about? What is the biggest point of anxiety in your life? And remember the words of Jesus. Can any of you, by worrying, at a single hour to your span of life. If then you are not able to do a small thing like that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the ravens, God provides for them. Consider the lilies, God clothes them. Don't you think God is also going to take care of you? Our greatest needs in life can and will and has already been met by Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about health, wealth, or prosperity. I mean that ultimately your salvation, your entire life, your future, your family, the entire cosmos is in the hands of a loving Father that you can trust. And yet Jesus still gives us, thankfully, another antidote for anxiety. He says in our text, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you catch that? The freedom of anxiety can be learned through generosity, through letting go, through giving away. Much of our anxiety is about wealth or provision or security or the future. So Jesus says, give it away. Let it go. Generosity is a spiritual discipline for the life of the believer, and it teaches us not to cling 
not to hoard, not to hold on to. And as we practice generosity with our wealth and our our possessions, as we hold on to the things that we have with open arms, we will slowly learn to let go of our other burdens that we carry. Our fears, our doubts, our anxieties, our frustrations, our anger. God wants us to let it go. So much of the Christian faith is about learning to let it go. Let go of those things that distract you from God. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus is visiting a village and a woman named Martha invites him into her house. And while Jesus was speaking, Martha's sister, Mary, was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. But Martha, who owned the house, was distracted by her many tasks, and she complains to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me out. Anger. Jesus answers her, Martha, Martha, you are distracted and worried about many things, but there is need for only one thing, and your sister has chosen the better part. The greatest danger of anxiety is its ability to distract us from what matters most. And as we fixate on the things that are out of our control, we miss those moments of beauty when God moves, when God uses us, when God is right there teaching. Don't miss those moments because you fixate on the things out of your control. Jesus says there is need for only one thing. Strive first for the kingdom of God. And your heavenly Father will take care of everything else that you need. I imagine that most of us have experienced anxiety in some form. Perhaps stress, perhaps anger, perhaps fear or worry. The truth is, at times, I do not know how we escape those feelings of anxiety. Especially when a family member is sick. Like, really, really sick. Or when your kid starts making bad choices. And then worse choices. Or a whole host of things that so many of you in this congregation have experienced that I don't have the slightest clue or possibility of understanding. There is real fear and real anxiety when you love with your family or you're worried about the future. But the only answer I have is this. At the core of the gospel is this message that God does not want you to be afraid. 
He wants you to have joy and hope and faith and conviction and peace. And he wants you to strive for those things. Strive for the kingdom of God. And every day on our spiritual journey, our heavenly father invites us every single day to cast your worries and your anxieties upon him. So I pray that we will learn to let it go. Let's pray. God, I lift up anyone in our midst who is especially paralyzed by anxiety. God, I pray that you would provide them with the freedom and the healing that they need. And teach every one of us, God, the faith that fights anxiety and fear. Give us the hope, Lord, to trust and know that your good future is coming and we do not have to be afraid and we do not have to worry. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. Amen. I mentioned uh, Martin Luther